the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, it's Thursday. It is June 10th, and this marks 100 days in office for now Governor, former Mayor of Cumberland, former Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. And I want to give him credit. You know, this was not an easy transition for him to be thrown into. Uh, You can't please everybody. He's got a lot of people going after him. I think he has come into his own. One, I, there's several things I can say about him. One, he's he's definitely very approachable, very open. Uh, the press briefings that he offers and has has the media in. He can ask any question. Um, I can see why he has been successful in public office. If if this is any reflection of what he's been like, uh, he's got some. He's a very different type of individual than Governor Raimondo. He. Uh, let's it boom let's it fly you get you get a good sense of where he stands if he doesn't know the answer he seems to not have a problem saying you know i don't know all the ins and outs of that a lot of times people feel they need to know everything and they don't and so um and what i think is also another interesting dynamic is is this is you know it's all going to come down as we've talked about folks next september next september is when it's going to be the democrat primary and right now Nellie Gobi is in. Uh, we don't know why. She doesn't have a lot of money. She hasn't accomplished a lot of things as Secretary of State. Her biggest accomplishment has been keeping the voter rolls hidden from the, the public. But um, but she's saying, and then we expect General Treasurer Seth Magaziner, and then the Mayor of Providence, Mayor Alorza, who really, uh, he's trying to borrow this money to uh, $1 billion, basically, to bail out the Providence pensions, and he certainly didn't do the legwork on it, and Governor McKee's not in favor of it. Uh, General Treasurer Seth Magaziner's not in favor of it. If you're going to face off against this guy, I'm not sure why you would then try to help him out. So he remains a little bit of a wild card. But Governor McKee, I think he's uh, put some good people around him, has a good staff. Uh, they're very responsive. Again, it's a lot, you know, taking over for Governor Mundo and then taking over during COVID. But it certainly seems that that's kind of going by the wayside and, and, um, I would say of his first 100 days, he should feel good about where they are. Listen, I and I get it. The the way the lieutenant governor thing was rolled out, he admittedly tells Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, a little bit of reality show type thing was turned into like a little bit of a contest with some people. And I know certain members of the business community are not fully thrilled with him, but I um, I like his position on education. I like his position on charter schools. And, and I, I think... Um, I think of the different choices that are out there. He uh, he is poised to um, to to deliver in a manner that he feels very comfortable in. So he's um, he is he's certainly not along the path of the progressives. He seems very open to things. I think uh, Governor McKee and his team um, should feel good about the first 100 days in office. I also want to just um, draw your attention. There was a huge fire, heavily damaged a work home last night and channel 10 has some of the footage and the damage i believe it was a three alarm blaze that got called into i'm not exactly sure what what happened and what caused it but one thing that i i i think people are noticing and should notice is the fact that um the structure is still standing and when you compare that to again go to the website to petro.com and look at that uh, speaker sakachi's office you you can see the difference i mean that it still makes no sense I am telling you right now, I don't know who did it, but I am telling you that that fire was set at the Speaker's Law Firm, most powerful person in Rhode Island. I think someone was trying to send a message to him. Um, 
I don't believe that investigation is over. To me, it looks like an explosion, a bomb went off. If you haven't seen the footage, you can see it again on the website, depetro.com. But you can see, okay, there's a structure, a house structure uh, in Warwick, and it's it was heavily damaged by fire, but the structure's still standing. Compare with the back of the Speaker's Law Office that was completely blown out. And plus, you have an eyewitness that also... Um, heard the explosion so now folks some other things that are in the news this um president biden is on an overseas trip vice president harris her overseas trip was basically a disaster and they they are seeing the problems with you a huge problem in the democrat party are the progressives and if you're listening and you say no i'm a democrat well you have to decide with them you're either all in or you're not in it at all and a big race to watch is that new york mayoral race where AOC is endorsing the, the most progressive person in the race, and Elizabeth Warren is endorsing the same person who was Myron Wiley, and she still, with all the crime in New York, she still wants to defund the police. So I think this is a real opportunity over the next year where um, the Republican Party, in or at the very least, make people independents, but make them realize that if you're a Democrat, you have to be all in with the progressive agenda or, you, or you're out. Vice President Harris was in Guatemala. The, the Guatemalan president said, you know, a big problem, a major problem that with illegal immigration has to do with the fact that when the Biden administration announced they want to re, reunite, reunification of families. There it is. There's the answer right there. She supposedly down there or was on a fact-finding mission. We have to find out why people are illegally coming into the United States. It's, it's your administration. It's not just enough to stand up and say, don't come. And by the way, she caught a lot of flack on that comment from people like AOC who said, what is she telling people not to come for? See, th that's what they're going to find. The Biden administration is going to find you. You cannot please the progressives. You're either all in with them or you're on the outside looking in. And in and, and the more watch, they're going to be upset uh, in, in the next few weeks as the General Assembly and Smith Hill comes to a close and they don't get all the things they want on a wish list. All the major cities that they've had this war against the police since last summer. Guess what happened? People don't want to be police and the crime has risen. So it, it, it is all coming together. But you're going to really, I think you're going to start to see pushback. And it should be against this progressive socialist agenda. Where they, they, but they have, they have non-negotiable demands. You can't have a conversation with that crowd. You certainly can't try to come to some sort of an agreement with that crowd uh you're either all in with them or you're on the outside looking in now the local story that is also making a lot of news and i first saw it late late last night is that alex anani has filed for bankruptcy that that is um i mean that is there's no other way to describe it that is just a sad story they rocketed onto the scene it is hard to deny that our friend giovanni ferrosi who i have on uh, from time to time he was a driving force it was a great story uh Car carolyn rafalian who i also know who uh, she took over her father's jewelry company i think they had nine people working there under 20 uh her and geo met up and i think at a uri reunion or like a homecoming weekend started talking he talked about distribution he brought a certain skill set in and right around 2011 2012 2013 i mean alex and ani was just flying and on top of that they were incredibly generous and they were sponsoring they donated uri they donated to rhode island college they uh, sponsored the skating rink carolyn rafelian was buying different properties she bought a mansion in newport that she was redoing um she bought a lot of different real estate she had a unbelievable home in palm beach she had a whole incredible home in uh, jamestown and but the problem is that then seemingly once geo left they could not find a formula for success you know i, I hate even reading that such a rhode island success story which was alex and ani even the headline now granted it's it's a reorganization but neither one of them seemingly are involved with the company anymore but right around 20 12 was just you know they actually had valet parking because the line at their stores were so long 
and people couldn't find parking around their stores at Christmas time. So it's um, that is just it was an incredible ride. And then attorney Mark Garagos was even somehow tied in with them in some way. Um, I I uh, I have not seen Carolyn in some time. Again, I I give her credit. I don't know exactly what went wrong. Things really seemed to veer off when Geo left the picture. Whatever blueprint they had for success could not be sustained. But that is that's a tough headline, unbelievable headline to see, and that is uh, Rhode Island's Alex Anani started in Cranston, files for bankruptcy. All right, a lot more ahead. Your listing. Remember, visit the website. By the way, a lot of the uh, interviews we have are posted. Other unique stories right at the website, uh, which is petro.com. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Softwash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Softwash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is petro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining me right now, Rhode Island attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, let's uh, start off. Boy, South Kingstown has suddenly become a hotbed of legal activity but this much anticipated watched case involving hate speech and a hate crime and this uh, family i believe from east providence that last spring they were early summer going to just enjoy a nice lunch at the coast guard house presumably and this woman from cranston christine longo came out and was like look at this blanking black guy and why don't you go back to where you came from and and uh, there have been some big developments with the case but it's not over just yet no, it's um, the judges ruled the um, both parties are appealing 
And as we had talked about last week, I was hearing weather reports that the case was doomed because of close reading of the statute in question for the disorderly conduct. Uh, uh, excuse me. The disorderly conduct is a petty misdemeanor. The hate crime sentencing enhancements, one of the sections says, for misdemeanor offenses, and then it goes on to say you have to serve at least 30 days at the ACI up to a year. So it talks about misdemeanors. It doesn't talk about petty misdemeanors. And the potential penalty on a petty misdemeanor is up to six months ACI, up to a $500 fine. This hate crime enhancement is ACI for up to a year. So that's inconsistent. You can't have a petty misdemeanor with a penalty for up to six months and then try to hook on to that an enhanced hate crime penalty, which could be up to a year ACI. So it's a disconnect with the statute. And I'm sure there'll be a conga line of state reps up there trying to introduce legislation to amend the hate crime statute to include petty misdemeanors so that the state doesn't get caught in this situation again. Um, the judge correctly said at the conclusion that he found uh, this woman's um, conduct to be vile and disgusting. Oh. That's true. Um, he goes on to find her guilty of disorderly conduct. He sentences her to six months ACI. He suspends the sentence and a $500 fine. And then he adds some um, counseling, some diversity counseling, and I think 50 hours of community service. The defendant immediately takes an appeal, as they properly should. Um, the judge, in response to that, kind of surprisingly, John, says, okay, she's taking an appeal on the, new char on the new case that's now going to Superior Court. I'm setting bail at $1,500. Mm. Now, bail is supposed to be if the person is a danger to the community um, or is a flight risk. This woman has been to court every single time, to the best of my knowledge. To the best of my knowledge, she doesn't have any prior criminal record. I could be wrong, but I don't think she does. So I'm not sure the judge's motivation. Maybe he just wanted to stick it to her a little bit more because he was frustrated that he couldn't get involved in the hate crime sentencing enhancement. So she doesn't, $1,500 with surety means that she's got to come up with $150 cash. She didn't have it on her person. So she got to enjoy the spectacle of being handcuffed in the courtroom, led to the cell block where she sat for an hour until someone could bring in $150 and get her back out. I'm not sure that that was the most appropriate use of um surety bail that I've ever seen. I'm sure the judge had his reasons. I'm sure the judge was extremely unhappy with this defendant's conduct, but to subject her to being cuffed, put in the cell block and wait to get out. Um, I'm not sure if I was a judge, I don't think I would have taken that step, but you know, judges, whenever they make decisions, somebody's going to be unhappy. Maybe both sides are unhappy. That comes with the job. Um, they don't always get it right. They usually do. One lawyer is going to be happy. The other lawyer is not going to be happy. I just don't think the judge should have set bail to force that situation. Um, but even, John, as to the underlying finding of guilt for the disorderly conduct count, the subsection that's in play says um, the, the defendant will be guilty if they direct at a person in a public place, offensive words likely to provoke a violent reaction on the part of an average person so addressed. That's pretty loose language. Yeah. Now, the judge said that he thought that this woman's language was provocative enough that it could have or likely could have um, produced a violent reaction from the person to whom that language was addressed. I'm not sure that that's necessarily disorderly conduct. So mm. if I say to you in a calm voice, 
something in a public place that disparages, let's say, your ethnicity, not you, but the general you. Sure. Is is that disorderly conduct? I'm not sure that it is. Um, There is certainly a free speech First Amendment um, position in all of this. And as I think we said last week or the week before, this case is ripe, really, to get to the Rhode Island Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, I think a determination has to be made, especially in this current environment of canceling people and trying to stop people from using certain words and certain language and only certain ethnic groups can say certain expressions and you can't culturally appropriate words that a different culture uses. I mean, it's really um, on a fast track to um, undermining our First Amendment rights. And I think ultimately this case has to get to the Rhode Island Supreme Court to weigh in on this language, no matter how um, disgusting it might be, is it criminal? And is that language, can you criminalize that type of language when you put it up against the First Amendment? Mm. I think that's something that really needs to be um, looked at in a serious way because the consequences are significant going forward. Tim, I mean, how many times you're out on the road and either... You know, someone's going slow, someone feels they got cut off, a driver hits the horn, you know, puts the finger up and yells something. It, it sounds like we could be heading down possibly a path that that the person could call the police and whoever it is that screamed, you know, get the blank out of the way or blank you or Christmas time. There's arguments and fights almost over uh, parking places at the mall. It, it sounds like could we be headed towards that that becomes criminal behavior? If isn't that if a form of hate can, speech, right? Well, I mean, again, what? If, maybe they're not using the gender or who they are, but just the words them, themselves. I'm trying to find with what they found her guilty of the disorderly conduct. What might that be akin to? What would be another example where that has been used, where someone is found guilty of that in in court, aside from this case? Well, there's many instances. The the disorderly conduct statute has about six or seven subsections. So a lot of the protesters last summer, a bunch of them were all being arrested for disorderly conduct. Yes, and it can be, um, you know, being loud and boisterous in public. So two guys are outside of a bar they're yeah. screaming at each other okay it's loud it wakes up the neighbors that's sure. disorderly conduct Police are telling them to leave they won't and then they arrest them disorderly conduct okay now now just to go back to the hate crime aspect yeah. of this let us assume that disorderly conduct was under the umbrella that a hate crime enhancement could have been um, utilized it can't but let's pretend it could you can have the enhancement if if the defendant is convicted, it's shown that the defendant intentionally selects a person against whom the crime is committed because of the defendant's hatred or animus towards a specific race, national origin, sex, religion, etc. Okay. So I think that's a heavy lift in this case. Yeah. And the judge basically said when this uh, defendant said, look at this blanking black guy, the judge says, when you said that about a black guy, he says, I look at that the same as if you had used the N-word. Now, I don't think either of those expressions by this woman are in any way defensible, acceptable, reasonable, or anything else. Understood. Yes. I don't think the judge's analogy that those two words have the same connotation. Yeah. I I think that's a bridge too far Mm. if you're looking at free speech and what words mean. Um, They're definitely a different connotation in in my view. And others might differ, but if others can differ and there's no real good standard, that just shows the weakness of the statute in the first place, how to interpret it. What about Attorney General Pino Dorona? I think he said he's going to appeal it. How, how can the state appeal it? Well, the state is appealing the judge um, not going for the enhancement. 
Okay. So they got a conviction on the underlying offense. That's right. not something that would be appealed. They're going to appeal the judge's determination that he was without authority to utilize the statute because petty misdemeanors are not included under the umbrella of crimes for which this hate crime enhancement can be utilized. Yep. I think the judge got that one right. I think okay. petty misdemeanors are not included. I think Peter Nerona can try, and certainly he got a good you know, story in the paper, and it um, helps him in terms of showing that he's trying to, you know, move the ball forward on all this, you know, racial justice issue. Um, there's no downside for him saying we're appealing that, but I think sure. he's, Peter, Peter's got a loser on his hands in terms of trying to make this case subject to the statute because it's simply not an included offense. It just isn't. Tim Dodd, finally, the judge did give this woman, Christine Longo Cranston, a chance to address the court. She declined. I received one email from someone saying, I can't believe she didn't use that opportunity to apologize to the family. I received a second email from someone saying, well, I don't think she could do that. Her attorney probably told her not to. Any, any thought to that? I, I would presume that there was a discussion between the defendant and her attorney. Yep. They would have analyzed the advantages and disadvantages of speaking I, I think that were I representing her, I would have likewise encouraged her not to speak at this okay. juncture. No way. A quick break, folks. A lot more attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. For MEGA, M-E-G-A. Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. 
We're speaking with our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, we're going to stay down in South Kingstown. Uh, a couple developments with South Kingstown, their school committee. One is the, the mom, Nicole Solis, who was singled out by the school committee with her threatening legal action against her. And then there's this bizarre situation where a mailer was sent out to uh, children, not the parents, to children. So someone leaked a list here. Uh, Brad Default, who testified, Democrat operative in the uh, Brit Maddie slash Mattiello trial. He He's being asked to come down and talk to them. Let's start off with um, Tim Dodd. Do you, could there be legal action that this Nicole Salas could take? I mean, her name went everywhere. That story went national. Um, where they put her name on the agenda that they were thinking of suing her. Now, they ended up not doing it. But do you think, could there be some kind of a, some kind of a case there? If, if you're her, I mean, even though they decided not to, it's a little late now. She's definitely kind of been uh, defamed a little bit in the community. I, I think she has been defamed. I think the members of the school committee were... Maybe this substantiation, maybe there isn't, but they were accusing this 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 mother, this parent, yeah. of being part of essentially a national group, which is yeah. going around state by state, yep. and uh, essentially trying to uh, retain a white supremacist um, society or words to that effect, and that she was part of this cabal of people trying to prevent progress on racial yep. equity. And saying now, it was a racist group, by the way. The racist head of the group. school committee did say that, yes. Yes, and I think that that would be something very actionable. Mm. Yeah. Now, the difference is <clears throat> when uh, Nick Sandman sued everyone in sight because of what happened yep. to him, Right. Uh, he had deep pockets to go after. Yeah. Uh, in this situation, she would be going after, I guess, the town of South Kingston and or its school committee. Um, question would be how much could she potentially recover from a monetary standpoint? Mm. But I, I do think she's been defamed. And I think accusations have been made about her motives, which maybe they're true, maybe they're not. But it sounds like she's not the only parent waking up around the country saying, what the hell's going on with this critical race theory? Right. What are you teaching our kids? We want to know about it. And what are you hiding from us? And I think that the parents around the country who are inquiring, there's getting to be a critical mass of parents in all these states asking the same questions. Is it coordinated or is it just smart people waking up to say what's going on here? Hmm. Um, either way, it appears that in Rhode Island and in other states, the school committees who are fostering this critical race theory um, curriculum or agenda, they don't want to show their cards. They don't want to tell anyone what the heck's going on, what they're doing, what they're teaching the kids. So I think parents should be up in arms. And I think if parents knew fully what was going on, um, there'd be more outrage out right. there. It's, it's, it's a disturbing trend. Are certain elements of, uh, this is not the time to talk about critical race theory, there's certain elements which should be part of a curriculum. But the thesis is that this is a racist country, yeah. that it, basically racism is baked in, and we're all a bunch of racists, yeah. and there's no way to solve that problem unless the whole system is uh, flipped on its head, and we, I don't know, start over? I don't know what you'd do, but it's teaching children that they are racist ab initio, and the country is racist, and there's no way around it. Um, should that be taught to kindergartners and elementary school kids? Um, I guess reasonable minds can differ, but I think that a lot of minds would think that there's no place for this in schools if they knew what was going on and if it wasn't this sub rosa effort to get all this into curriculums around the country. It's, I think it's rather dangerous. It's divisive amongst along racial lines, along political lines. Um, I don't think it's a healing process. I think it's a divisive process, but that's yeah. just me. What about this business of the mailer and uh, Brad default so far, he's just ignoring it, but uh, I, I'm not convinced he's the ultimate target, but someone provided him with not, not, the, not the parents, but the, the children that attend the school in South Kingstown, there was this bond. 
they the unions wanted it approved. Uh, AFL CIO, I believe, they <laughs> wanted obviously the building, and so it went down in defeat. But what really stuck out to people were, you know, you have kids in third grade that are getting mail, and it's it's an, a, a mailer on the bond issue, and almost like tell your parents to vote yes on this. And so there's there's definitely cause for alarm that someone, you know, leaked. Uh, this school information of all these children and who they are and where they live. Well, the question is, how did this information, including the addresses for children, get out to the group that paid default to send out the mailer? Um, It seems that there's many situations where maybe teachers are striking or maybe there's a protest about what's going on and people seem to have no problem with kids um, cutting class and doing yeah. walkouts and holding yeah. signs in support of teachers, uh, children, kids under 18. Um, they're being mobilized for a political purpose and no one seems to have a problem with that. I'm not condoning sending out mailers to kids. Um, I think it's important to find out how this information got out. But if I'm default and I'm subpoenaed, quote unquote, to appear before the school committee to answer questions, I'm not answering anything. There's no obligation for him to answer anything. He's got a client that he's working for. Um, To the extent they have subpoena power, and I'm not even sure they can do this appropriately. If I was advising uh, default based on what I know. It's like, well, you got to show up, but you're not going to answer any of their questions because you don't oh. have to. Yep. And what might be their recourse? Could they then suit. try to file they'd have suit to file against suit. them? Yeah, okay. they'd have to file suit, but they'd have to articulate a cause of action. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they're appropriate. Um, re- I don't know really where they go, John, honestly, with a case yeah. like that, but if they okay. just think they're going to get default to go in there and sh- show his you know, information, uh-huh. who is his Not client, I-, I wouldn't advise him sure. to do it. And I think he's going to walk in and say, forget it. I'm not, I'm here cause I'm subpoenaed, but I'm not yeah. giving you anything. Folks, quick break uh, more turning Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro show. It's spring and time to call J Cannell engineering today at 401 401- 351-7600. J. Cannell Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J. Cannell Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with JKL, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. In the wintertime, JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer called JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved national grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today. For, like, for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 351 7600. 401 351 7600. It's JKL Engineering. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. 
You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident... First thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, the sticks case, we don't know that much about, but um, uh, there was a controversy where Governor McKee was supposed to do a fundraiser on a farm. Jerry Zarella, who is the Trump coach, coach here in Rhode Island, was um, was going to hosted on his farm and uh then word leaked about it and then you know governor mckee distanced himself and said i'm not going there he was associated with president trump so forth and apparently uh dan york on wpro in the afternoon just three hours teed off on zarella and going after him doing an impression of him you know trying to sound like a tony soprano and and um, we don't know all the details, but what we know so far is it would seem that Zarella is contemplating legal action. And if I understand this correctly, his attorney is at least going to court to say we want copies of of the program and that so far that WPRO has not complied with. Yes. And the appropriate thing to do is what um, Jerry Zarella's attorney has done to file a miscellaneous petition in Superior Court asking for an order that the evidence, which is the tape, I guess, of um, Dan York's um, show on the particular day, is preserved and that a copy is made available to um, um, uh, Zarella's attorneys. And they're also asking, and this is all pre-litigation, this is a Mm. fact-finding, they don't know if they've got the cards, I think, to play to file a suit for um, slander. Um, but listening to the, the tape and parsing every word that Dan York said would certainly inform counsel whether or not there's enough to sue Dan York and um, the station that he works for and the parent company that owns the station that he works for and whether there's a claim for monetary damages um, it's a little different. Jerry Zarella's, I think, been a candidate. He's a high-profile guy. Um, I'm not sure he rises to the level of being a public figure. It's harder for public figures to claim um, they've been slandered. But I think that Jerry Zarella was doing what he did as a private citizen. He's been a candidate, I think, in the past, or at least run up to the starting line. But would he be considered a public figure? I don't think so. So mm. he may well have a claim for monetary damages for slander if um, Mr. York um, said inappropriate things. And the standard for a slander case is, did you say things about an individual which were false, or did you say things against an in- individual with reckless disregard to whether or not what you were saying is true or false? Right. So there's yeah. two ways to get at it. Mm. I, I heard part of that in that day. Uh, Zarella was on the station, I think it maybe three times, had done interviews. So he had spoken to them. Uh, his version of events was there. What was depicted in the afternoon was way off in the timeline. It was not an accurate depiction of what happened. And it really portrayed Zarella in poor light, but not, not in an accurate, this is my opinion, my opinion totally misrepresented the story to purposely make the guy sound bad. That's, that's what I heard. So, and it's not like, well, we didn't know. I mean, he made himself readily available three times earlier in the day. Um, it seemed like a three hour beat up session. I, I, again, I don't know, but at the very least, 
in this day and age when so much is put out and there's, hey, listen to my interview here and podcast. Tim Dodd, at the very least, it sounds like they're going to have a tough time not providing the audio. Is that fair? Oh, they're going to provide the audio. The, okay. the court will order that to be produced. Yeah. What um, counsel has done for Jerry Zarella is exactly the right approach to preserve evidence. You wouldn't want to go half-cocked filing a case against right. York and his station and the parent company until you have your facts so if they've asked for the recording of that day's show and yeah. it's been refused, the only way they're going to get it is to go to court and force the issue. And right. they'll get it. Yeah. Now, Tim Dodd, also, I believe at the end of the month, the moratorium on evictions is going to come to an end. And I, I think, boy, I think this is a, a big story and a disaster uh, completely waiting to hit because... <laughs> I, and I've never understood this. People were getting money for not working. They were, so you're still getting money and they're getting stimulus checks. And now they're getting extra money for unemployment. But they were telling them they don't have to pay their rent and people were not paying their rent. But this sounds like it could be a very litigious uh, summer, to say the least. It, it's it's really been a crazy policy. And yeah. I, guess, I guess politicians do a head count and they figure that there's more tenants out there who vote than landlords who vote because the landlords under this whole moratorium are getting screwed. There's no other way to put it. You know, if you're a landlord and you have rents, which are supposed to be covering your mortgage taxes and insurance, and hopefully you make a little something on top of it, being a landlord is a hard grinding business. It's no easy, it's a hard lift to do it successfully. Um, so for the last 15 months or so, if tenants say, I can't pay you, landlords cannot throw them out, physically throw them out for failure to pay their rent. There are other ways that you can get a, a, a tenant out if you give them a 30-day notice to quit and you're not looking for money, you can still, there's a, there's, a, there's a trick that you can, and I've done it successfully to get people thrown out just because you want them out. You say, forget the money. I'm not going to sue you for the money. I'm not going to evict you because you owe me money. I just want you out and you give them statutory notice. Um, my experience, I don't do lots of this type of work, but some, usually when, the tenant leaves, the landlord gets a judgment for whatever, 2000 5000 10000 It's largely uncollectible. And usually oh. landlords have to write it off. It's, you're never going to get it. So you're right. In this moratorium period, um, arguably people are still working. Arguably they're getting money from the government for their supplemental support. Um, there was never a provision, well, we'll give you some money here, but if you are saying you can't pay your rent, maybe that money should have been directed towards the landlord, but the landlord's been hung out to dry. Um, what then happened, John, is in Rhode Island, um, if a tenant was sued for non-payment of rent for an eviction, there was a notice that was to be provided where the tenant could sign an affidavit saying they can't pay the rent, they're trying to pay the rent, they're not working, they're trying to find work, and a whole bunch of different boilerplate allegations which are contained in that affidavit. And if they signed it and they filed it with the court, that's it. The case is frozen. You couldn't even pursue it. Mm. Now, attorneys for landlords would go into court and say, well, we want to put the tenant on the stand and inquire about the truthfulness and the accuracy of this affidavit, where they say they're not working, where they say they can't pay the rent, where they say they're trying. And the courts were saying, no, you can't do that. It's their affidavit. Mm. So landlords counsel had no ability to test the truthfulness of this boilerplate affidavit that tenants would sign and file and boom, that's the end of the story. You can't do anything more to me, Mr. Landlord. You got to wait. Yeah. So it's been a very lopsided situation. And if this moratorium actually ends on June 30th, there's going to be a lot of busy constables and busy moving companies 
and uh, the court's going to be cranking out a lot of executions so that landlords can move ahead and um, remove tenants who have been sitting there potentially not paying rent for a year, maybe. Wow. It's, it's a very, um, if you're a landlord, very discouraging situation. It's unbelievable. Folks, he is our legal analyst, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com i can breathe clearly now my mask is gone Nothing but a big smile for all to see. Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, full, full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. It's spring and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401 401- 392-1025. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, Bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.